Good morning, Besorot Tovot. As we enter the week of Parashat V'yakel, uh, only Parashat V'yakel because it's a leap year and it's going to be Shabbat Mavarachim for Rosh Chodesh Adar Bet. We see something extremely unique and that is the word V'yakel that Moshe congregated the people uh, to give them the, the, the mitzvah of Mishkan. We have heard the Tzivui of the Mishkan and now we're going to hear about the Bitsua, the making of the Mishkan. And Moshe Vayakel, Moshe gathers the people. The question is, what is so unique about this particular mitzvah or perhaps this particular time that makes Moshe feel the need to congregate the people? Uh, I don't understand practically how this happened. It's a lot of people. It doesn't have uh, some speaker system. But Moshe, one way or the other, he has his voice and he will speak to the people altogether. But why? Something happened uh, a number of years ago. It was called disengagement. It was called hit not kut. Uh, it's, it's to a degree relevant to what's going on today because uh, there had been people who were living in the area of Gush Katif and the Israeli government decided that they were going to take them out of Gush Katif as a gesture of peace to the Palestinians. And, and they did so. And uh, they did so even though, again, it, you can check the politics yourself, but even though the Likud got into power at the time with a mandate not to unilaterally withdraw, and even though they lost a referendum, Ariel Sharon lost a referendum, internal referendum, saying uh, that they, they, he want, what he wanted to do, and it was rejected, but they went ahead and they did it. And there was a feeling amongst a lot of people that this was done undemocratically, and uh, it was coerced upon a group of people. Uh, it was something that was pushed through. It was done. It was done around Tisha B'Av. I think the year was 2002. 8,000 people were taken from their homes. Uh, the homes Agav, which now the war came from, where, where they used to live, is, is, is where the Hamas began the war from. And that's what happened. Now, Yom Ha'at immediately after that, the, uh, there was a lot of strife in the country and uh, <coughs> in our community a lot of people didn't want to go in the army. It was a real mashbeh, an incredible crisis, horrible scenes of people being dragged out of their homes, of their homes being destroyed, beautiful homes, home like mine, home like yours, being destroyed. And um, these were people who had, with Sirut Nefesh, developed agriculture in the south of Israel and they weren't extreme or, or extreme right-wing settlers. They were, they were regular people who were forced out of their home uh, as a gesture of peace. Uh, you can take whatever stand you want to make. But, but the people were obviously, a large proportion of the people were very upset. And the people who perpetrated it, once they did it, I think their assumption was, now we could just go back to normal. We've done what we wanted to do, and now we'll go back to normal. The Yomhat Sma'ut immediately after that, which was about eight months later, nine months later, there is always a tekes on Yomhat Sma'ut, and during that tekes, Chayalim uh, Mitzdainim are greeted by the President and by the Ramat Kal. 
Uh, there was a chayal b'stayen. I remember it very clearly. There was a chayal b'stayen, a chayal who had excelled, and he um, he refused to shake the hand of the rabbi kal. And the the press were shocked, and it was a few headlines. It wasn't like massive, but there were a few headlines and comments, and people didn't understand why he wouldn't shake the hand of the rabbi kal. And in reference to that, I want to speak for a minute or two now. Uh, the fact was that something enormous happened within our people. Whatever your opinions are, no one will deny that it wasn't enormous. We displaced 8,000 of our own people, uh, and uh, the, end, the end result wasn't so good, but doesn't matter at the moment. We displaced 8,000 of our people against the will of at least 40,000 people, 40% of the people in the country. And, uh, and it was done. The assumption of the powers to be was what's done is done, we can move on. But when a people goes through such a crisis, you can't just go on. You can't just go back to where it was before and carry on without any kind of itchachasut to what has happened. If you take that principle, which I believe to be correct, if you take that principle and you apply it to Chaita Egel, Chaita Egel was massive. It wasn't, it wasn't massive in casualties. You know, 3,000 people were killed, but it's a percent of Am Yisrael at the time, more or less, if you count the women, the children, the older, the younger. But it was massive. It was massive because it came after Matan Torah and it came after the, the greatest event that has ever happened to Am Yisrael, came the greatest collapse, the greatest fall to Am Yisrael. And, and people were killed, as you saw in Parashat Kitisa, people were killed. They were killed by our own people. One can imagine that this created a lot of strife. The fact that we got Kapara for Cheta Egel is, is very lucky. We have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that. It's such an the assumption that just because the event is officially finished, that it's officially finished, is an incorrect assumption. There needs to be beyond hell. And therefore, my understanding is that is why Moshe gets everyone together after Chaita Egel, if we're going according to the Ramban, that this is a parasha that is written chronologically. Moshe goes after Chaita Egel to get the people together. We cannot go forward. We cannot build a Mishkan if there is still discontent amongst the people, if there is bitterness amongst the people, we have to come together again. The assumption that something just flies over or is finished because the time period in which it started is over is a fundamental mistake. Problems, real problems, don't go away unless they are confronted. And, and if you, you cannot legislate against feelings, you cannot create a, a, a government that deals with the reality if the feelings haven't been dealt with as well. I'll give you a totally different example, Lahavdil. The Versailles Accords after the First World War were a group of laws invoked by the Allies against the Germans, and they were laws. No one for a minute thought about how the German people felt about it, how the German people would react about it. I cannot say for sure, no one can say for sure, but it is quite possible that had the Versailles Agreement still existed, that Adolf Hitler would not have had a springboard from which to to come to his people with all his claims and, and justifications for what he wanted to do. 
one has to come together. Ladies, something terrible happened here on October the 7th. It's not over. It's not just not over because there are still Khatofim suffering. It's not just over because part of that terrorist body is still able to to afflict pain on other people and specifically on us. It's not over because our people has to come together. Uh, it's not enough. It, it's not enough to say now we're going to have uh, these things together, those things together, and we're going to have demonstrations together, and we're going to have support together. These are all very, very external, good, good, external, uh, but superficial events. Vayakhel means that we have to come together, we have to come together as a people on the most tedious and and, uh, seemingly unimportant things, we have to come together. It's simply not enough to stand together and uh, and go to uh, and go to Khatufim demonstrations together. Khatufim demonstrations that don't have any kind of political affiliation and they don't have an agenda. It's not enough. We need the Yakel. We have we have gone through. a traumatic and and terrible event, and the event has taken a lot of koach, and we have rebuffed much of the problem of that event. We haven't solved all the problems of that event, and we need still an enormous amount of siyata dishmaya to be able to do what we really need to do to finish the job, to get the khatufim back. But even in the best case scenario where the job is finished, do we get the khatufim back? In the best case scenario, Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat Hashem, it's not going to be enough. Our people needs to come together. There needs to be a hakala of the people and the majority, the silent majority, who are yearning for internal peace in Israel. That's all they want. I'm not talking about the extremes on the right and the extremes on the left who spend the day publishing extreme statements and declarations that, that 90% of our people don't agree with. I'm talking about the the silent majority. The silent majority has to become a noisy majority. We are in dire need of Vayakhel, of a Vayakhel after Chet HaEgel. Again, I'm not referring to our event as Chet HaEgel, I'm referring to it as a disaster, as as a disaster which, which came after a terrible atmosphere in the country. There is a need. We have to, maybe we should be the... Uh, the trendsetters in such an area. There is a need for the Yakel. Uh, without the Yakel, we cannot build a Mishkan. It's as simple as that. We cannot build a Mishkan without the Yakel. You can physically build a Mishkan, but you can't really build a Mishkan. That's what we need to do. We should have a Shavuatov and Besorot Tovot.